Hi, I invented the Rube Goldberg machine, but apparently Rand doesn't give a shit about that, Dalen. And I'm one of the wise ones, sweet, sweet dreams, Eric. And welcome to Loyal's Book Club, a podcast dedicated to dissecting and discussing Robert Jordan's epic fantasy series, The Wheel of Time. But before we dive into Lord of Chaos chapters 16 through 20, we're going to take you behind the bar, and I'm going to pass the mic over to Eric. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, funny enough, I think when we started this segment or started introducing this type of, uh, you know, little alcoholic component to our, our book club, which I personally enjoy. I, I, think we, I do too. I think we nailed the aesthetic of, uh, of uh, I, I almost called it wine club. It's not wine club, book club. Yeah. It, 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 secretly, it's wine, it's wine club. Yeah, it's alcohol <laughs> to the side of literature. <laughs> but... Um, uh, that being said, I, I think we had lofty ambitions to tackle these, you know, high-end cocktails, these classic drink mixes yeah. that go behind, like, the culture and the history. And, you know, the funny thing, of, I think, about Book Club is it's a weekly thing, you know, typically, or, you know, at least a regular meetup. For us, you know, we, we take some time off. Um, yeah, we <laughs> do a weekly meetup, and then we take five weeks off, and oh. then we come back. But you know what? A book club is a book club is a book club. Exactly, and it's a very ritual thing. And um, to be quite honest, I'm like, I'm just like a little, I'm a little, like I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not sad, I'm not depressed. I'm just, I am like a little, little low right now. You know, like I'm just I'm at a little bottom of a swing here and stuff. And I feel like that's reflected in the drink tonight because um, this is just some bullshit I had around that I threw together. <laughs> <laughs> tonight we're drinking uh, Bacardi rum white uh, with. Uh, let's see here, Razzmatazz, uh, which is a raspberry-flavored liqueur, and, uh, I'm not gonna name drop the sweet and sour mix we have in there, in here, because we, uh, we're not sponsored by them, but it is a, <laughs> yeah, a so. big brand sweet and sour mix, um, and, you know, we threw that in a shaker with some ice, dumped it out, I topped mine off with a little bit of ginger beer, Dalen said it was fine just like that, it's and... practically perfect in every way. Yeah, and that's just kind of what I had in the in the tank tonight, so I don't, you know, I, I, I'm scrambling my brain, but it really doesn't feel like that's anything, so... It's the bloody I yield. Yeah, oh, I let, hey, cheers. Cheers to that. Cheers. Uh, and that's we invented just, a cocktail. Exactly. And you know what? That's that's something I've done before with, you know, somebody who's like, I don't like anything, but I like the taste of this and stuff. And like, you throw some bullshit together, you give it to them. And they're like, it's really good. What do you call it? <laughs> and you ask them for their name and whatever it is. It's the blank special. Aww. It's a cute little, it's a cute little bar interaction it's trick that you can lean on over and over and over. But yeah. This and is then the you go, idea. well, here's the air expression. You slide the tip jar over. <laughs> here's a, here's a special. <laughs> He's a special. Um, oh, I don't have cash. <laughs> Slide it back. But yeah, so this was just some stuff I threw together, but, you know, I really tried to balance between the spirit, the sugar, the acid, mm. and, you know, make something, just make something different. I also feel like I've, I've been killing you with whiskey lately. <laughs> We've done a couple of whiskey cocktails, so I want to get something clear in there. Yes. This are tequila, and I'm, I'm thinking we're going to do, have we done margaritas yet? No, we've done, uh... Tequila Sun Rises. Yeah, we have okay. yet to do margaritas. So maybe we'll do that next. But yeah, this was uh, this was just some stuff I had around, and so that's that's my you know yeah that's my little line I'm throwing out there to anyone who's listening. Sometimes you just have some stuff that you're gonna throw together, and that's okay. If you make a balanced yeah. drink, you'll be fine. And that's just the metaphor for adulthood, isn't mm-hmm. it? I will say the most important part of this process was uh, I did have Galen check in, you know, taste wise, and. Uh, and, and throwing it together because we had a few other ingredients out. I'm just like, I don't know. I grabbed a couple of other stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, that's that's our little beyond the bar. I don't really have anything else to say yeah. about it. Here's to the bloody Aiel. The bloody Aiel. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Well. Hmm. Real quick, let me get my uh, family tree. Oh, nice. So, I, if, if I may say, just just to kind of visually describe what I'm seeing from my point of view. Yes. Because uh, we are in an audio medium, but what I'm witnessing here is a, a rather large, not large, I guess I would describe it as wide, not quite spiral brown, bound, but it looks like a sketchbook. Of yeah, sorts. it's a sketchbook. I dipped into wanting to draw, and I bought a $207 tablet. Have not touched it in a while. So I'm like, I'm not good at drawing and refuse to learn the basics. I mean, I might fund some art classes yeah. in the future. Um, but I have this because we, one of the more important things to come out of uh, this set of chapters, chapters 16 through 20, we get a piece of the puzzle of Rand's familial life. Um, we, in addition to the millions and millions of nobles that we've met, we meet uh, the Lady Dylan, who is one of the high seats for one of the major houses who is still loyal to Morghese and Elaine. And I like her. Mm. She is a very solid, no bullshit uh, way of talking. And she is talking to Rand uh, and amongst other nobles about the plan for Elaine to take the throne and what his plans are. And um, Rand notices that she keeps looking at him and he asks her why. And he, she says, you look a little bit like Tigraine. Now, Tigraine is a name we have heard before, but... We get the early version of this story in Eye of the World. Um, Matt and Rand are en route to Camelin, and Almond Bunt says, Send the uh, daughter heir off to Tarvalon to study with Aes Sedai, and the eldest son off to study with the warders. I believe in tradition I do, but look where, what it got us last time. Luke, the sword, and Tigraine vanished, run off or dead. When it came time for her to take the throne, still, trouble, still troubling us that. Um... There's some saying she's still alive, you know, that more gaze isn't the rightful queen. Bloody fools, I remember what happened. Remember it like it was yesterday. No daughter heir to take the throne when the old queen died, and every house of Andor scheming and fighting for the right. And Terengel Damadrid, you wouldn't have thought he'd lost his wife, him hot to figure which house would win so he could marry again and become prince consort. So, all of that to say... Go, go on. Okay, sorry, so sorry. then we get a little bit further, a little bit more detail in this book. So we, needless to say, Shail, Rand's mother, is to Grain Mantir. Okay. So let me explain, break down this family tree. So um, Moraine is the uh, product of, so Moraine's father, Dalbrisson, with his first wife, had Terengale Damadrid. And uh, Delrison is the brother of Laman, who is King Laman, who cut down Avendasora, started the Aiel War. With uh, Delrison's second wife, he had Moraine. And Moraine has other cousins. We are introduced to one of them, uh, Caroline Damadrid. Oh, Moraine. Not, not the... Or Moraine. Um, okay. Yeah, Moraine. Okay. 
So, Terengale mm-hmm. was married to Tigrain, and oh, that's where she is on the tree. Okay, that, that, yeah. Okay, never mind. I was like, I was like, wait, where, how is she involved? Okay, I see where she is on the tree. So, with Terengale and Tigrain had a son, Galad Damodred. Tigrain ran away to the Aiel Waste at the urging of uh, the Queen's advisor. Um, oh my God, Guitara Moroso. And at the same time, her bro- Tigraine's brother, Lord Luke, went up north. So Tigraine married Jan- as Shail married Janduin, and together they had Rand. Terengale married Morghese, who was at the time a high seat. Mm-hmm. And together they had Elaine and Gawain. So Moraine is technically related to Galad, Galad and Elaine and Gawain as like a cousin once removed. That's fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> and we now have an answer to one of Eric's questions. Who is Rand's half-brother? Yes. Galad Damodred. Fucking wild. Yeah, um, the Damodred uh, Trakand uh, family tree is like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and there's... It's, 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 it's wild because I think, I think um, now and possibly ongoing, although, you know, there's shades of it in the... In the in the books we have read so far. Yeah. I think there is a bit of a split, a bit of a diversion uh, perspective between a first-time reader and a second or a multiple-time yeah. reader because there are things that are popping up, things that have been colored in, some track that's been laid, books before that are starting to come to fruition yeah. and start tracing back, you know, oh, yeah. name drops and stuff like that because this definitely, like, filled out some stuff for me in a, in a certain way and there's definitely some shock moments in this bunch of chapters. But it oh, feels like there's a yeah. lot of... You can trace back to the seeds of, of this yeah. stuff like being laid in place. There is one little bit that happens when we first meet Tom that when we finish the series, you've got to remind me and I'll show it to you because it's so just like... Yeah, I'm so excited. But... So I'm curious, I'm curious, you know, because now, because like that's a, that's a bit of a bomb drop for me, you know? Yeah. And I think the thing I'm curious most about is like when, you know, Rand and Galad with this information, and then yeah. them confronting each other in some way with this. Because this isn't just something you just kind of throw out there and be right. like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the the webs are, you know, not quite tightening yet, but we're having all these, like, threads and lines being cast exactly. out. You know, the, the web is getting thicker with more ropes, if you yeah. will. Uh, so, yeah, fun, fun, fun twist. I like it. Yeah. It was one of those things of when we were in The Dragon Reborn just starting this out, um, Matt and Rand are in Camelin. Mm-hmm. No, Matt is in Camelin when he and Tom are uh, delivering the letter to Morghese. Right. And Matt is in the Queen's Blessing, and the cook says, yeah, your friend, he looks like Tigraine. That's right. And... Oh. Well, oh, I mean, I'm saying that's right as if, like, I can recall yeah. I can't, but, like, oh, shit. And... and have, like, little, again, like, these little, little tracks. And, like, a little, more little thing... When Perrin first meets Lord Luke, he remarks how much he looks like Rand. And there's a nu- there's again something I will uh, reveal to you a lo- after we finish the series. There is something more that you'll go, oh shit! Wow, yeah, I'm gonna have to go over this with a comb, like when it's all done, and just be like, oh yeah, no, no there's still s- there's well, I mean, we will be covering Eye of the World spoiler. Filled oh, when true. we finally get to it, right. so so we'll be able to revisit some stuff and yeah. be like, oh wait, we got some of that coming alive, or like some of this has some new context. And 
Yeah. Oh boy, there's a bit of foreshadowing I don't think you're ready for. <laughs> yeah, is that? Uh, yeah, that so right, so he has this this meeting. Yeah, where he essentially is securing some sort of loyalty for Elaine mm-hmm. down the line when he goes, "I'm not taking the throne. This is for Elaine." And he's going to she gets this and she gets Kyrie in too. Gotcha. But all of this to say this chapter ends on a really fucking horrifying note. Um, that messenger who comes in, so the messenger comes in and he's like, I'm from Samael. Uh-huh. And essentially, he kind of gives, the Forsaken can only offer one deal. Be on my side and it'll be the two of us at the last battle and that's it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Lanfear did it. I don't think Asmodian did that. I feel like Asmodian was just like, I don't fucking care, man. I think he was, yeah, kind of, he was, he was the one leashed to get me, getting yeah. on the ride. Uh, so what did you think? I'm curious to see what... About, like, the whole sequence, about, like, Samuel offering his hand. Like, yeah. There's a lot of things to dissect here. Um, the first thing I'll say is the whole sequence as a whole is uh, fucking cool and fucking brutal. Yeah. Uh, but is a very memorable, dark scene, I will say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, spoilers up to this point. Spoilers for these chapters, as you know. Well, I mean, not even spoilers, but, you know, just going into graphic yeah. detail. You know, it's a bloody fucking mess um, the way the way it's written is really unsettling so i really liked it i, I think again like the the <coughs> the series is growing its its teeth into fangs yeah um and it actually i think this grouping of chapters made me very aware of how much death we have to go through um mm. because i just i think like the, the kid gloves are coming off yeah uh, well, I think it's, we're starting to see the group of Forsaken that we don't want Rand around yeah. at all. I mean, Lanfe- we because who we have left is um, Masana, Semarog, Demandred, Mogedian, Samael, Grendel, Grendel Osengar, Erengar. Mm-hmm. We kind of have the cream of the crop now. Yeah, and I think, you know, this this whole sequence as a whole, like, reflecting on, like, Samuel as a character is, like, a Sorry, really... Sorry, please. So, yeah. Uh, I think the sequence, too, really kind of, like, paints, and I think this is why it's so well done, it really paints Samuel as a character, like, yeah, this is a pretty brutal Forsaken. This is the first time I've actually felt, like, some real danger, like, some real, uh, you know... Some real stuff is gonna happen. Like the real danger is is, is here. Yeah. Uh, so I really like the sequence. I just I thought this was pretty brilliant. It was a great moment. I think it. I mean, my God, yes. I don't know what I would do in Rand's place. It's like, on the one hand, you have one of the most powerful male channelers going. It can just be you and I at the end of everything. Do you agree? And it's one of those things where it's like, if I, I, I don't know what I would choose. Rand ultimately says no, uh, no peace, no deals with the Forsaken, you know? Uh, it's a tough... We don't it's... deal with terrorists. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, because what's going through his mind has got to be, well, you know, no matter what happens, their they're game out is to backstab you. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, that's all it is, too. I think, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility for him to try to use them, you know, and mm-hmm. be aware of that and try to do the backstab first or stuff, but it just doesn't feel time yet 
it feels like there's much more uh, conflict head to head. That you know, yeah. we're still setting up the pieces for the final battle. Like, but we are getting more and more reference to that, which is interesting. Um, yeah, it's this almost like pre- it's getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. It's like it's palpable now. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> it's like seeing the storm on the horizon. Yeah. You know it's coming, and you're just kind of like, when is the touch going to end? Yeah. So, uh, looking forward to this type of for the for the Sam Idol showdown. Very, very, very excited. Yeah. I have a good feeling that even if it's a, you know, you know what's going to happen on an emotional level, you need to uh, read on and really get that narrative satisfaction. But we also don't know where Rand emotionally will be at that point. Cause, That's true. I mean, yeah. he is already on no. the brink of just... There's a there's a very ominous ticking clock that's always in the back of my yeah. mind reading this book. And it's, uh, it's a very interesting way to... Put an expiration date on your main character, so yeah, to speak. legit. It's like <laughs> it's like there's not one place where he's kind of like has a room to breathe. Mm-hmm. He has the Saladar Embassy on its way. He has the White Tower Embassy on its way. He has the Forsaken. He has the Kyrianan. He has the Tyran nobles. He has the Camelin uh, nobles. He has the Shido. Mm-hmm. He and like. He has Bashir. He has the maidens who even he is starting to push away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you see with him and Sulin, like Sulin is getting very pissed off at the way he's treating her. Because right. it's like, we just had a moment where it said, you can't push us away. No. You carry our honor. Like if you die, literally the far uh, Dyrus Mai are going to look like assholes, yeah. you know? It's a lot. He has a lot on his plate, and he is not here for the buffet. True. So yeah, no, great chapter. Uh, yeah, great, great way to open up the uh, this episode. Great, yeah, great little uh, you know, good setting up the scene of like, okay, Samuel's badass. We got kind of this big threat human, yeah. and uh, enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that Samuel reaches out to Rand because, from what we know of Luce Theron and uh, Samuel's relationship, wasn't. I mean, none of the Forsaken liked Luz there right. in the first place. And so, again, it's like we have to wonder if it's a trap. If right, if there is like a, we'll meet here, mm-hmm. you know? I didn't see it quite like as a setting up a trap so much as getting information. I think Sam sends out this probe, you know, this messenger yeah. to see how Rand responds to it, you know, gathering his information. Because I think that's why that, you know... It almost felt like a self-destruct on the messenger, you know, it's yeah. kind of like, it, it is a message in and of itself, yeah. of, you know, kind of that ruthlessness and stuff, so, and, like, I definitely think, like, again, like, I think the long con would be, like, absolutely, you know, go to that at the end of the line, he, Samayo easily would turn on the other Forsaken and to, like, show his loyalty to Rand and oh, yeah. to have the perfect spot to backstab him, probably, but. Well, it's, it's also, like, this weird imploding thing, because Samayo could then team up with Rand and be like, no, 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 no we're cool. The mm-hmm. other Forsaken would be like, what the fuck is going on? Exactly. And the web is too tangled at this point for there to be any cohesion or clarity mm-hmm. with any Forsaken teaming up with Rand. Because it's like, the last one to do it got killed off. And we, yeah. like, even that, it's like, who? we don't even know who did that. So, but... Like we were talking about pre-show, this is a very almost bottle episode sort of set of chapters with Rand. Like, things 
happened, but it's more of a... We get a little con. We get a lot of context. We get a couple yeah. of like really cool setup pieces. I love the um, cultural appropriation that the Kyrian Kyrian people are doing with the right. IU. And they're like, oh no, the like Ruark's like they don't even know what uh, Gito is, and yeah. they're dressing up as Guy Shan, and like they're learning they want to be maidens of the sword and all of that. And like, of course, Bear Lane's like, I think it's fun. Let them do what they want. And Ruark's is like, that, is that this chapter sixteen? Uh, kind of going ahead to chapter... Oh, unless you had more thought. Do you have any more I, thoughts? I don't. I think I'm wrapped up on 16. Uh, chapter 17, yeah, so... Yeah, so they're walking around and it's all... Because we, we definitely get a lot of... We get, like, some of that insight into Toe. Yeah. Uh, in this chapter and the, the next. Uh, Which even then, I'm like... I, like, it's like... Why would you speak to your second mother before talking right. to your first father? And I'm like, <laughs> your aunt before your uncle? Mm-hmm. What? Like, I think it just goes to show, like, no matter how long we spend with the Aiel, their culture is just something we just won't understand. Yeah, and I do, think it's, I do think it's something interesting. I think it's an interesting statement. I don't know, you know, quite which way to cut it up. I'm just observing yeah. that, you know, there is this group that's taking... You know what? What they did because they're they're doing uh they're doing like what the the combat and everything yeah you know? so it's like understanding the the mechanics but not the philosophy or the culture behind it yeah and I think there is an interesting statement to that um, yeah 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 no I agree but we get also the introduction of Herod Fell mm-hmm. in this chapter uh Brand goes to the school in Kyrian. And we start to see, um, you know, a steam engine, a hot air balloon. Um, what else? There was something else. God, oh, there's so many of them. It is ridiculous. I love it because it just colors in this world so beautifully. And it shows like things are somewhat progressing technologically. Mm-hmm. Like they're one big boom away from like you know a, a tech a tech boom. Rand's gonna have an iPhone and crown of swords. <laughs> Rand's gonna get into crypto. Oh, Matt would be the yeah, NFT. Matt, 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 Matt is the NFT be, crypto yeah, bro. Absolutely. Um, I completely forgot, and we looked over this. Um, there's fighting in Shara. That's right. Yeah. Um, so Rand meets up with Berylane and uh, Ruark and kind of gets an update on everything. The Shido are a bit more towards the Kinslayer's dagger. Uh, there are... Caroline Damodred and Torum Ryton. These are two Kyrianan nobles who are going to start making a play for the Sun Throne. Uh, but yeah, the Sharans, that's... Because again, I feel like we're getting little bits and pieces about Shara. We got... I believe we might have gotten something in like the Shadow Rising, but like... in. The Fires of Heaven, Valen Lucas says, oh, I got these from Shara. Right. And There's little mentions here and there. Yeah. Just, and just like, in that organic world way where it's like it's a place that just exists. But I feel like in this book we've been getting so much more of Shara. Uh, Grendel has two servants in her control who are from Shara and now this. We're going to Shara soon. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of getting from 
Yeah, the roster of people is getting larger. The field in which the pieces getting set on are is getting larger. Yeah, the pieces themselves are multiplying. We, it's just we're getting so much. And again, like yeah. the, the threads. There's there's even now at this point in the series, I know we still have a long way to go, but like yeah, it is got, still uh, building eight and more building. books. Yeah, it is still like building steam. Like it, it is yep. in no way I don't think done giving us our our full cast of characters. But and I think. Places. The first four books were setting up essentially the rest of the series of what was going to happen. And like, and I think from book five coming this way, we're starting to see the, like the dot, like books one to four were the setting up of the dominoes. We're now seeing the tipping of the dominoes, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the interaction of what was set up yeah. previously. Yeah. Like had Rat Rand not met, uh, had Rand and them not fallen asleep in those little, that weird little structure Rand wouldn't have met Celine, and Lanfear wouldn't have known it was Luce Theron, and that would have led to Asmodian and Moraine's death, and had this not happened in the first book, this, this, you know? We're starting to see the consequences of just everything, and Rand even talks about this in the prior chapter, talking to the Lady Dylan, of how just if Tigraine had not gone to Guitar Moroso, who knows? Like, what would have happened if this, you know? There's so much. They're just from one little thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And we also... Uh, commerce is starting up again with uh, merchants. And the sea folk uh, have docked in. Uh, also, something weird going on with Bear Lane and the Aiel. They start to like, they're like, we get this in this chapter and then in Egwene's POV where they're like, yeah, Bear Lane's kind of cool. Yep. You know? Uh, I think Bear Lane's up to something. Definitely think just in that way. Good that, or bad? I'm not even, I don't know. Selfish, I guess. Like, I, I feel like it's a it's more a, for the interests of Maine of her country. Exactly. I think okay. like in that way that everyone's got a bit of an agenda. I yeah. just feel like there's something at work here, and I can't quite can't quite put my finger on it. But I don't don't have a lot of trust. Nice. <laughs> um, but this chapter ends with um, a an Aiyuman named uh, Mangan coming in and saying. A Kyrian man tattooed the clan chief dragon on his arm. He killed the man, and Rand goes, I'm gonna die. I, and kind of not liking that he has to say, because it's like, I already, I, I made this clear that if you kill, you will be killed. Yeah. I can't go, oh, well, you were justified. It's like he has to set an exam, right. which sucks. What he says. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know. The ruler, he's gonna make some hard decisions. Yeah, he wanted to come to the playground. Uh-huh. Have to bring the toys he got. No, and I do think it's like just like a little taste of like how messed up things are gonna get. Like with his yeah. spread of influence and kind of just the way that things are rocky and getting rockier. Oh yeah, I think we're gonna see a lot more. So uh, that gets us to chapter eighteen, uh, and we kind of touched on this already. Uh, Rand has a school in Kyrian set up in what was once Barthane's, Barthane's Damageret's old mansion. Um, and I really like 
the why of this because he talks about uh, in the breaking of the world and the Trolloc Wars, so much was lost. Mm-hmm. And he wants to make sure that there has to be something there for him, you know? Yeah, I think it's like a cool statement on humanity. It feels very thematic of like, even in the face of adversity, we are human and we like yeah. to create and we like to leave a legacy. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of felt like this was a bit of a thematic thing. And I'm very curious, like just like the uh, inventions we just passed by, like yeah. this idea of like school and growth and education. And I'm kind of curious how this is going to have a ripple effect and kind of you know right. what the future looks like down the down the line because all this stuff. it's like the technology of the Westlands. From what I remember, I think Robert Jordan said it's like before the invention of gunpowder. Mm-hmm. But what we're starting to see is a sort of like industrial revolution sort of technology, like a steam engine, and right, like the very beginnings of. Things that will change uh, how the Westlands work and right, like rudimentary energy sources. Yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting because it's like, you know, you would think no, that's something for the first from the first stage from our time, but how time is how we always tend to come back to that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it really makes me think. What will the fourth age look like? Right. Yeah. And I, I think we're going to, I don't think it's out of the realm to like really have this alternate future technology boom. Yeah. Like something that like in, instead of, you know, electricity almost like, I almost see this as like an alternate world where like they haven't rediscovered electricity Yeah. or something. Um, yeah. Very, very curious. And, and the school in general is, is very, I like. There's a lot of just neat conceptual stuff I think that this that this series is doing that's yeah. really kind of setting itself apart from other series that I'm really yeah. starting to appreciate. Because I think I really like the relationship Rand has with Harry Fell, who is almost a human Ogier in mm-hmm. the very scattered, just kind of like, like yeah, very that. Yeah. I think if Robert Jordan were he alive today, I would want him to play Harry Fell in the show. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, his own little like character cameo. That'd be a good one. I'd want him to be Rand. Yeah, fuck Yosha. <laughs> Yosha did a shit. He was too woke for the show. <laughs> he wasn't six foot. It's like, it's like saying, I, I just, I would love George R. R. Martin to be uh, Jon Snow. John, that'd be that'd be great. Jon Snow or uh, not Tyrion Lannister, but who's the uh, Daenerys? No, no, no. The Lannister that's like the really good swordsman. Oh, Jamie Lannister. Yeah, Jamie. Although. Got some pretty gross implications, but he'd be fucked. But up. I think the creator of any series playing like a main character. I love that's, you, that's you, Lin Manuel Miranda. Is <laughs> you know, Lin Manuel Miranda would have to be bound and gagged when they were recording Encanto because he did not get to play Bruno. Uh-huh. Like, he was like, You guys, that's why I Lin Manuel Miranda, you guys, Lin Manuel, well, bless him. Um, this is so off topic, but when have we not? I've been watching so many Game of Thrones lore videos. Oh, that's fun. And it's so fun to dive into the books because it's so just like, what the fuck is happening? It's a, fun, it's a fun universe when you're not, like, focused in on, like, well, obviously the gore is glorified, but it's got a rich, it's got a very good world, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny because they're like, 
Uh, the guy keeps going like, and in Winds of Winter, I'm like, oh, buddy. <laughs> you know what? I actually think we might get Winds of Winter. I genuinely do think, like, it might take another year or three, but I think we're getting it. You know, I really wouldn't be surprised if it was a uh, surprise drop. Like, there's absolutely no news of it, and then one day he just comes out with a statement of, like, oh, yeah, it's finished. It's off that print. It'll be released in, in, like, a week. I would love that. If you pulled a Beyonce and, like... Mm, That'd be the most brilliant i think shock marketing for that book yeah. and all, all the, just how it's all been wrapped up in like you know i have pages written and who knows <laughs> if he just went oh by the way mm. winds of winter comes out winter 2022 yeah because i don't i don't even think like you know as a writer i don't think like you owe anybody you don't owe your audience or the world not. any book so like i think he's definitely gotten hounded more than he deserves but at the same time it is kind of like the thumbprint I think of when I think George R. R. Martin is like, oh yeah, Game of Thrones, and the show was good up until the last season, according yeah. to people, and uh, he's still writing that last book, and has been saying he's writing uh, it for a while. Second to last. He is second uh, to last. Winds of Winter, and then A, Dr- Hope, a Dream of how, Spring. How long has he been working on this one? Um, a Dance of Dragons came out... Um, thank God Wheel of Time is finished, so we won't have any... We can just carve through it's. Last time I had to uh, endure this, it was when I was uh, younger and waiting for the new Harry Potter books to come out. So the most recent Game of Thrones book, A Dance with, uh, with Dragons, book four, came out in 2011. That's a long time. Yeah. yeah. And like Wheel of Time were coming out like two, three, two years apart. Right. So like Robert Jordan was just going... Harriet, I gotta do it. Yeah, you, you know what I thought was a cheeky guerrilla marketing campaign? Mm. I think at this point it's a necessity. Don't say you finished the book. Just just drop it and say... That's the thing. I would, if I were George R. R. Martin, I would, I would not say a word and go like, oh, I'm like not even mentioned Winds of Winter, and then post like Winter 2022, and then everyone's like, what? You know what I bet is happening? I Because this show, on this show, we are all about me taking some long shot predictions. And I've gotten some correct. And I'm taking my first real world one right here, right now. Some correct. I've gotten some correct. And i got a good feeling about this one. Okay. George R.R. R. Martin has completed the last two books in his series of Game of Thrones. Okay. However, they are locked away in a vault somewhere. And it is in his will that only upon his death Shut will up. they be released. That is evil. As a companion said at the same time. And he's just living his life knowing he's just driving people crazy. Oh just living God. his best life. Meanwhile, Brandon Sanderson was like, you know, these past few years have been rough. I wrote five books. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we got, yeah. So you'll see when we get into uh, Stormlight Archive. Very true. I'm a chapter deep, and I'm like, fuck, 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 this next one. Uh, that was a fun tangent. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> where, where are we? Um, we were talking about the school and that's all right. of that. That's right. Oh, that right, was, because we got that, on the tangent of that. Was a that was a perfect book club discussion right there. Yes. Wow. Loved it. Um, yeah, very curious what, what the school's going to bring. It's, it's yeah. really interesting what we have so far. Because we kind of already get a mention. So we've seen one of the big inventions in Fires of Heaven when Rand is watching Cooladin and that big arrow comes down. We learn, we meet the woman who invented it. She's at the school. 
she like invented this giant fucking crossbow and was just yeah. like, let's do it. And we're 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 like calling that like a ballista, right? That's like a big ass. Yeah, thing. it's just very interesting. Like even like in this world, like how uh, specific it is that we have the uh, the illuminators. Yeah, is that what they're called? Yeah. Did I get it right? Ah. All right, we can end the podcast now. Eric did it. Yeah, fucking tie it up. We're done. Um, but just how, like, that's, like, you know, such a specialized, even, like, secret, mysterious uh, yeah. guild. Because, like, will. no one knows how fireworks are made. and Yeah, but know. it's also interesting because it's not just, it's not just medieval renaissance era technology, you know? There, yeah. there are, like, dips and dips. Like, it just, it colors the world in a very interesting way. It specifies it almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I yeah. feel like it's, like... If it was vague, if, like, the school never happened and it was just as it is, you kind of, you know, with fantasy, you get that, like, even though, even though Wheel of Time is post-apocalyptic, you kind of think, uh, trebuchets and all that. I, I, I think, think setting so in, like, medieval, a, Yeah, and I get, I get wrapped up and have to bring myself out that, like, it's not quite medieval. No. And so you kind of just go, you, it kind of almost specifies what the clothes look like of an almost 17th to 18th century build. Because you look at, like, how they described the Kyrian, and they have the big Marie Antoinette hair. And, like, I think in Tyr, they have, like, the pointed beards and all that. It's so modeled after a certain time period in our world that I... I appreciate of, Robert Jordan for doing that. Yeah, like an echo of the past. Yeah. In this world. It's like how early 2000s stuff is coming back. Oh my god. Uh, what I've, is it? Low-rise jeans, baby. Oh, I want women all over the country to do the thin eyebrows again. Oh the man. The thin eyebrows and Those like the bright eyeliner. Oof. Watching any old, early 2000s reality TV show is a gift for that because you're just like... Man, I just want to go. I just want to go back so I could have my razor scooter and my uh, my razor phone that I had to share with my sister. Oh. It was only for emergencies. My We're first going somewhere was that your first phone? Like, yeah, it was the it was the emergency cell phone. So like, uh. I shared it with my sister. I, I can you know like I could text people in private, but it'd be like a don't call me on here kind of phone situation. Oh my god, you it wasn't quite my first phone, but it, but in a sense, it was too. It was, it was the first one ever I like had in my possession. Yeah, yeah. I had a Motorola flip phone. That was my, Aww. and that was in two thousand and six. Wow. And I was gooped, gagged, and bothered, and so like I brought it to school the next day with like my arm, my camouflage cover going. Like I thought I was the one, and then. I inherited a lot of my phones from my sister. I got her Sidekick. Nice, I remember those. And her Blackberry. I remember Blackberries. I had neither, but I remember those. And then I, and then I upgraded. I got my iPhone three. Ooh, yeah. iPhone. Yeah, I had Razor. A two. Yeah, one Razor, and then I had. I guess I think at this point I got my own phone. It was one of those. It would flip up into a flip. You know, phone, but then uh, flip down and flip up the other way for like a full keyboard. Oh yeah, I yeah. remember those. Yeah, that that thing was like I, I thought it was hot shit. I want them to bring back flip phones. I, I love the drama of a flip phone of like. I, it used about it used to be about how small we could get them, and now yeah. it's like about how big we can get the screen. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind um, just in like the interest of disconnecting and, and 
not being available. I would not mind having a clamshell that you could only call <laughs> uh, that I would put silent forever. <laughs> you would never hear from Eric unless it was like smoke signals. And that's how you know. He's like, we're ready to record. Uh, I, I, I hate the forever connectedness, but at the same time, it's a it's a goddamn miracle in my pocket. I, I, can't, I can't get around it. It's I've like, slowly weaned myself a little bit from social media just because... I'm not on social media too much. I I do Twitter and Discord, mm-hmm. but like not really Instagram that much. Just because I think like it it doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I a just lot of like social media burns my time, and I don't feel like I get a return on it in some way. Not even like enjoyment or entertainment. Yeah. So I feel I feel like my hours have gone down. But in general, like phone has amazing things like all all this at my fingertips is incredible yeah. but i mean yeah that's what's so fantastic but there's pros and cons and yeah. i just yeah i just facebook used to be so great and now it's it, it definitely had its golden era or at least like what i what would i remember having a good time on and all that all the times those um did you also go through the phase of all of those pages on facebook that were like that you were a fan of and now had funny titles. Yeah, yeah like um, I'm a B, I'm a B, LOL, JK, I'm a wasp. Like LOL, JK. It was like X, LOL, JK, Y was okay. like the big Facebook meme. No, it was so chaotic. It was a fun party. <laughs> oh my, well, and then like every now and then I'll go on Facebook and it'll be like before everyone and everyone's family member was on there, and before it became invaded by minion memes. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. A point. Okay, if. Who would... Okay, Wheel of Time, everything's the same except Brian, Matt, and Perrin are minions. <laughs> Jack again? Does that mean... Can... Okay. Moraine fuck? is Gru. God damn it. I was, <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is Gru? And that's, that's the only choice, really. Um, I don't think I asked you this. Uh, Wheel of Time, everyone is Muppets. Who is the one human? Oh, like if they were to do old Wheel of Time... Okay, one... And the rest are... are okay. Season two... Everyone is Muppets. You pick the, the, TV, one. the TV show as we know it. Yeah. For, for season two specifically. They're all Muppets. You can pick one human character. Uh, I feel like... Oh, jeez. That's that's a hard one because it's such a... Uh, it's such an ensemble cast. And, like, yeah. whichever way you pick, like, severely influences who gets, like, the human spotlight in a, in a, very, yeah. in a very fun way. I'm going to go with... Um, we're gonna go with Lan. I almost I want to go with Rand as being the only human. See, I, I kind of want that because of just like him interacting with everybody. But I want so badly a Muppet to be Rand Kermit. <sighs> would Miss Piggy be Elaine? I, I think Miss Piggy Ms. would be Moraine. See, I think because I would love Kermit to be Lan. Rand, I would love to be either uh, Gonzo oh or Rizzo. <laughs> no, Gonzo <laughs> would be Matt. Yeah, that's true. I, Fozzie Bear would be Parrot. Yeah, that's good. See, I would love Rand Kermit to be Rand. So like, he goes, well, I'm going mad. And then he just like has eyebrows. <laughs> Miss Piggy has Elaine and Avienda. And whenever the IEO, she goes, Casting. Yeah. So, chapter 19 of Lord of Kings. This is the uh, what? What is this one? The 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 matters of toe. Yeah, the matters of toe. This is we find we get our first like kind of Egwene POV since in a, in a long, long yeah. Time. 
or checking in with her since. I think I think the the, the weight on this was intentional, like because it's given her character a bit of growth. I think we get a little bit of insight. I I think the question of who the Amberlin seat is going to be keeps yeah. popping up, and I think I gotta put my I think I put Egwene as my front runner right now, and mm. I feel like this chapter kind of fills that in for me. Like she just. She's growing up so much, and she's becoming so Aes Sedai. That, but she still seems so stuck in her wise one sort of ways, you know? That's true, I just think... Because she's like, very, like, a little butthurt about not being included in the meeting. That's true, know? that's true. Yeah, but, that could maybe also be part of the Aes Sedai training of Aes Sedai meddling, and Aes Sedai... That's true, I feel like it gives her, like, perspective. But yeah, we get... Um, a little reunion between Rand and Egwene. You know, Rand wants to know how Elaine's doing and where she is, and Egwene's like, no, 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 buddy. Yeah. First off, you gotta talk to the wise ones to let them resume my training, and then we can do it. And for a moment, Rand almost uses his tabirness on Egwene, and it almost works, and then she goes like, no, 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 hold on. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I've never... I don't think we've ever run into, like, this this to their nature, like, actually being willfully used or willfully yeah. fought against. Like, it, it's become such a tangible force at this point. Uh, I think it's very interesting because, like, we've we've led the, you know, we've, we've, again, like, planted those seeds. Like, when Rand was being followed in, what is that, Great Hunt? When he takes uh, off. Dragon Reborn. Dragon Reborn, thank you. Yeah. And, and How dare you. How do you um, not know 100% every single that's, that's the hardest part of, of being a first-time reader is, like, keeping all the information just intact and in, in place. Listen, when when the O'Gear came and he's like, this is my second time, I'm like, when the fuck oh did he go the next God, time? God, I had to look that up. Same. And I was like, oh, right, in The Great Hunt. Mm-hmm. No, so I um, am with you there. I barely remember what happened in the chapter I read. So. Mm-hmm. But in the same way that that was happening where it was, like, they're following Rand and they're saying, like, oh, his, you know, to their nature is, like influencing these events, you know, that was, like, a cool way to show that type of, like, you know, that system and how that works a little bit, but now it feels, again, like, so tangible. Yeah. Uh, And this reunion, it's not very, yeah, it's not very friendly. No. Which is just so interesting to me, because, again, that, that, my assumption from the get-go was that this group is so tight, they're such a tight bunch, they're forever, they're the Scooby-Doo gang. See? And it's just not that case at all. You are conflating the show and it's no, not even, not even. No, no, no. From the start, I was always saying that I figured that Perrin, Matt, Rand have been like best friends. The five of these like, I, I very much. The put, read I got from them is just we were in, because like there's been so much just dissolving. The of further their we go, friend. the more that's definitely filled in contextually, and, and like I, it is there from the beginning. But I think again, like it's a departure from traditional fantasies where like right. you know, and I guess a little bit of a nod to like. Lord of the Rings, because they break up, you know, and all yeah. scattered the wind. But, like, I think it's, like, mostly, again, just, like, my, uh, my, my limited fantasy background with, like, Aragon, Harry Potter, where it's, like, yeah. you've got this group, and they're the group that's, like, always got to stick the together. Besties. Or, yeah, exactly, they're the besties, and it's just, it's interesting, because a, yeah. that, that compounds with it, because not only do they have that prior relationship or lack thereof, now he's the Dragon Reborn, now she's an Ice Dye and Trainer, yeah. or a wise one, and, like, I just feel like they're growing apart, and I'm getting so afraid, Dalen, I don't want them to, I don't, 
I don't. I know they're not best friends. I just don't want them to turn into enemies. They warmed them up in the show, is what I'll say. I think because yeah. I think like in well, the they filled in a lot of the romance in the show too between yeah. Dwayne and Rand, which I just didn't never felt quite existed. Because it's like, well, I th- I don't know if that was maybe just the point is that we never like. I felt like it that was feels a visual, like young people. It does. It felt like a visual emotional anchor for the show. In the book series, because you can let it breathe and because you can, like, let it stretch out, yeah. it felt more, like, almost like not quite an arranged marriage, but just something everybody kind of knows, like, oh, yeah, like, they're going to be together yeah. in this small town village and that's what you do. And in the show, it felt just so much more like... There's something... Re- they both have something to lose. Yeah, there's know? a very young lover. Yeah. Young, romantic, passionate lover in the show. And in, in here, it feels very much more, like, arranged because that's small town village life. Yeah. Um, it makes me a little scared of how... I'm just scared for season two because, you know, we got the fucking Sean Chan uh-huh. and Madeline Madden as a Glenn. I I just it's, well, I think that's I'm what they're so doing. For I think two. that's what they're doing too because, like, for this book series, you know, we have so much time to let that emotional narrative breathe. But in the show, yeah. it's happening so fast that we do need those emotional anchors to be like, yeah, they're all about each other, and like it's complicated, but they love yeah. so that way we can get to the meat of that in this season two. And like, you just don't have time to like get to this point. Where yeah, you're we like, don't have time to like expand on things exactly. really. Which is why I'm actually always in favor of like film and television. If it's adapting a book, I'm fine with changes being made because it's a different medium. Yeah, and it's like the thing is, is I love Wheel of Time. There's so much shit in these past five books <laughs> that I'm like. You could cut it. You can condense and get a real tight visual yeah. story and, and leave so much of the beautiful world for people to discover in a literary sense. Yeah, and it's like with like the Aiel Waste arc. Yeah. It's like that whole thing. It's like I honestly think we don't need to go to Cold Rock's Hole. Mm-hmm. We can like we can rework that and um Yeah. Yeah, I but yeah, Egwene and Rand, there's a bit, their relationship, I mean, we saw it with earlier in book four. I think Egwene wants to help Rand, but also Egwene is very much about herself. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, like, that's be fine. selfish. That's fine. She's ambitious. And, like, yeah, because we've seen that, like, she jumps into the White Tower, like, feet first. Like, fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. Jumps into being a dreamer, jumps into being a wise one's apprentice, you know? She's very, let's do it, fuck it. Mm -hmm. And it's there in the show, but I think they're pulling it back a little bit. But Mm -hmm. I do wish there was that sort of aggressive, sort of like leave her friends behind, and you know? I I wonder if they're going to spotlight that a little bit more in season two and kind of push that uh, character arc a bit more. Because they're definitely, because I think they are building to that relationship uh conflict between her and Nynaeve right because when they were meeting with Swan and she goes like the most powerful channeler we've had in hundreds of years and Egwene's like mm, Nynaeve mm? and I think the fact that Egwene healed her in the season finale is this very like no 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 now this creates a thing because now that Egwene thinks that Rand is dead because mm-hmm. like well, that's another thing is it's like everyone thinks he's dead also is Donald Finn are we going to get the quarterstaff scene with uh, Galad and Gowan will 
will Donald Finn be naked? There's so many questions. These are the things that keep you up at night, huh? It's like Prometheus. I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, I'll be honest, a lot of these, a lot of, like, the 18 and 19 kind of blend together as just... I don't mind cutting to just, like, the thing that's on my mind. Go ahead. Avienda's point of view. Mmm. How she feels that she has, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, she has toe to Rand and toe to Elaine. Yeah. The only way out of these is to kill one or the other. Yeah. Um, hello, what's going on? Yeah. Is this setting up a, a, a terrible future ahead of us? Is this kind of the part of the viewing that men had that's starting to make sense of, like, wait, Rand has three wives or three women. Oh, shit. Is Avienda going to get herself killed somehow? Is mm. this how Rand's going to move on or something? Very curious, very interested. Don't and know what to make love... about it, but my I'm, I'm going crazy over this. <laughs> Eric is in his apartment. His his girl, I almost said wife, his girlfriend is coming like, it's 3 a.m. <laughs> it's that Charlie Day meme of like the Avienda. Leave me. <laughs> Leave me. No, but I think um, an Avienda POV is so very rare. Yes. And I think the fact that um, she does hold on to the fact that she and Ryan had sex mm-hmm. and she feels deeply like she betrayed Elaine yep. and the fact that she will not uh, line up with the fact that Rand, Moraine is the reason why she's alive, not Rand. I think there's just so much going on with her that it's interesting to see how that'll play out. (laughs) Again, like, there are probably way smarter people to make these observances and stuff and thematics and stuff, but, like, just kind of like a real-world application. It feels like we, like, it's a very original uh, religion, philosophy, whatever you want to call it. I'm not too sure how to label it. But it feels like real-world, it feels like this is like a translation to Catholic guilt. Oh my god, in, in yeah. In some way or another. No, no quite real, you know, real world Catholic way to absolve it, but <laughs> I did just feel like, oh geez, these are like some like real guilty feelings that she's yeah. having, and I'm very curious what, how it's going to push her and what's mm. going to happen next. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I wanted to, no, no, I don't even have predictions at this right. point, because like, this just feels like a fucking like time bomb that's rolling around on the board and well, it's yeah, going to blow up somewhere. Well, Lane's got to... Like, Avienda is not one to keep the secret from Elaine. Exactly. Because that's not subtle. Toe. Mm-hmm. But, has Avienda gotten more accustomed to Wetlander customs that she can feel that she can lie to Elaine? Exactly. You know? So much. And Rand's relationship with the AL right now, I mean, Sulin is just ready to kill him. And I mean... I get it, girl. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to kind of, like, lose control of the I.O. somehow, accidentally. Yeah, maybe this power, maybe his his putting this distance mm-hmm. with the maidens is going to cause, like, a... He's going to kind of focus in on his other stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, where, from what I remember of the editing of the last few podcast episodes, you've mentioned there is going to be a big battle in Ilian and with right. the male channelers of Masram Tain School for Girls. Um... Do you think maybe this is all building to Rand as his own army, and maybe we see him exerting a power that we haven't seen yet? 
Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say yes because, like, I'm also starting to reshape how I think the final battle is going to go down because I thought it was going to be kind of a classic, you know, this one guy has to unite the nations all together against the... And I actually think it might be a little bit more messy, a little bit more complicated, but also yeah. a little bit more Robert, Robert Jordan style to... Really, there's a ton of factions. It's messy. I mean, you know, it's it's war, and, yeah. and people and factions get caught up in the crossfire. So, yeah, I think he's going to kind of fracture away accidentally from the IEL. I think it's going to be something with, like, this mail channeling thing yeah. happening, and I think we're just going to start creating accidentally, like, these different forces. Well, he also has these sort of, I forget the actual name of those, the type of IEL that wear the headbands with the Aes Sedai symbol on them. Oh, right. Like, because right. there's now a different, there's a breaking of a breaking, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, we got to see where that goes. A lot of, a lot of interesting stuff being set up yes. here. Um, so then that brings us to the last chapter, uh, chapter 20, from the studying, where Bran meets Loyal's parents and we his get, uh, we, sort of fiance. We get we get our we get our namesakes, uh, you know, little nod to our namesake. We yeah, parents, well, yeah. And oh, it's a yes. sort of light, not lighthearted. Like it's not like a ha ha ha, but it's kind of this like I feel like any encounter with the O gear is kind of just like a nice. It's a, it's a nice breath and like yeah. You know, there's definitely like some stakes in this chapter when they're talking about you know uh, what is it Loyal's uh, wanderlust yeah. uh, wandering, belonging belonging because he's yeah. been out of the studying for five years and they're like hey that's not he's good like a fish to water he's got to come back or he's gonna yeah die. but it is it's like a break away from like the real like I say real I, I guess I mean like human nature problems we're having and like yeah. shift to the high fantasy and be like. Don't forget, we do have, like, a world and, like, these fictional characters and their problems, but they are endearing characters that we want to know more about. And it's a very, compared to the war and the evil, mm -hmm. it's, Loyal needs to come home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring, <laughs> yeah, bringing it down to, like, you know, personal conflict. Yeah. And, and especially, again, yeah, with somebody that we find so endearing. I love that. Um, yeah, I'm worried for Loyal. Hamad, uh, if you're at, Hamad, if you're out there and you listen to the show, we love you as Daniel. <laughs> Cheers um, to that. But Rand doing what Rand does. So he has uh, Haman, Loyal's father. They get into the discussion of what was the ta the cities, these big cities. I forget the proper name of Kyrian. For, for anybody that likes, like, informational world building yeah you would have loved this chapter we get a breakdown of like cities that have been and cities that are now yeah and, like, we get very fun. we get fairly like factual and uh uh factual and accurate geographical information yes and it, not not quite my cup of tea but i think especially people that enjoy the that those facets uh, are really gonna like this because, like, I think Robert Jordan does a lot with like geopolitical. Yes. Like, just yes. in the same way, like Tolkien did a lot with like linguistics and language. You know. Where is it? The old. It's the old name for Kyrian. It's. Um, yeah, we get that. We got the. We get the old name for was it Shale or Shadar Erdal. For and. Uh, I forget which one that translates into, but it's the one of the dark cities. Oh yeah. So, Kyrianen, a long time ago, was once known as 
Alkyrianalan. I think that, I mean, that, I, I'm going to say from the hip that's better than any attempt I can. <laughs> um, but then, you know, that was the old name for Kyrian. And then Mephaldadranel, Faldara, um, a, and Kohima Londaran Kor. I mean, we, so we get a sort of outside perspective of what the Ogier must have felt. Well, and it's good too, because like the Ogier, they, they have their own like place in history and like they were the builders of a lot of this stuff. So there's like a, a real, like, what do you call like very reliable source of, of this stuff, I think. And so Rand has told them like shadow spawn have been using, he wants to find all the way gates because Mm -hmm. the shadow spawn have been getting out. And very clever. I was like, oh, Rand, that's some good thinking. I, I wouldn't have thought to do that. I'd be exactly. Bit, I would be a very bad dragon reborn. Same. I would have taken Samael's deal. I'm sorry. I would have. I would have been like, sure. You know what? Fine. I would have, you, take, I would have taken the first deal. Like, I would be like, oh, you think I'm special? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but it is this really kind of sad moment of, mm-hmm. well, also first, Rand yells at Sulin and is like, faster, far, dies my. And she's like, ugh. Yeah, but Rand has uh, Loyal's father map out where the old, where the uh, way gates are, and he can see that the man is crying as he inspects all of these maps of how the geography of the Westlands has changed in the 3,000 years or so. It's a very kind of sad moment, and the chapter ends with him going, what would you, what will you do if I take you to the Waygate at Shadar Logoth? Yeah. Yep. And I mean, you know, last time we were there, some bad stuff happened. Matt got the dagger. Yeah. And I mean, did we? Is that where we went to with the uh, not quite the flashback, but you know, the uh, the cave with the Ma, the prologue here. Uh, oh, you're thinking of Shail Ghoul. Shail Ghoul. Thank you. I, I do mix those two up a lot. Yeah. Shadar Logoth, Mac got the dagger. dagger Sheogul so. is where the Dark One. Oh, gotcha. We haven't. We haven't. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm back with it. But yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting going back there. <coughs> it's going to be interesting going back there uh, after it's been such a long time. And yeah. I'm wondering what other fun treats are like, there. Like, it's been five books, but in universe, it's, I think, almost only been a year. Gosh. Like, yeah, it's, it's been so a sh- fast. Short amount of time for so much shit to go down. Oh, but yeah, we'll have to see what happens next. Very much how I hope it is. Uh, I, I hope that uh, how it has been, I should say. Like, I, I, I think, like, I always have the uh, instinct to say, like, okay, they're gonna go there. That's probably gonna be like a while until we get to yeah. there. I really hope it's in the uh, next chapter. I just want to, I want to go straight there. Well. Funny enough, chapter 21 is called uh, To Shade on Logoth. Yeah! So I think we're good. Well, especially oh, yeah. Rain has gateways now, so he That's can just true. get there in seconds. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm so here for it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for a little bit more danger. Yeah. Some more adventure. Well, if I think... Let me see what these next few chapters are called, because I have a few ideas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You're in for some danger, bud. Yeah! <laughs> danger! Danger sound! Danger sound! Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. I think um, so. 
If you are listening to the pretty and polished version, why not join us on our Discord? The link is in our bio. Hey, Eric, where can they find us? Yeah, so uh, we are found on Twitter at loyal underscore s, and we are on Instagram at loyal. It's a book club. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Woo. Um, yeah, so I think we're going to be pretty much diving back into Lord of Chaos, the sort of loose plan that we have right now. End of June, we'll be doing a little special episode about Way of Kings, and sometime in the mix, Lord of the Rings, but everything is up in the air. It's loosey-goosey, you, you know, just like with the drink tonight, we're, we're just, we're getting along as best we can. We hope yeah. you are too. Yeah, we hope y'all are doing well out there, and may you always walk in the light. And may you always find water and shade. You all have a good one. Bow, 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 bow. Bow, 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 bow.